Welcome to The Productivity Show, the agent efficiency podcast dedicated to helping you make the most of your time, attention, energy, and focus. In this episode, Tan and I tackle the topic of becoming a morning person. This is a topic that is near and dear to my heart and one of those things that always seems to come up in productivity-centered conversation. The idea for this episode actually came from a thread started by Andrew in the dojo titled, What Time Do You Wake Up and Why? And based on the conversation, it seems like there are a lot of people who either know they should or want to start getting up earlier, but just have trouble making it happen. So in this episode, we'll talk about some of the reasons why you might want to become a morning person, share some tips on how to make it a reality, and give you a couple of things that you absolutely do not want to do in the morning as they are pretty much guaranteed to derail your morning routine. Don't forget, you can find links to everything that we talk about in the show notes by going to theproductivityshow.com slash 130. And now, on with the show. Today, we're talking about getting up early. This is one of those polarizing topics that has rabid fans on both sides of the aisle, and it's actually one of the more popular dojo threads on the forum Seems like there's a lot of people who believe that they should get up early, but don't really know where to start. So I thought that this would be a great podcast topic, and I'm excited to dive in deep today. So what do you say, Tan? You ready to geek out about getting up early? Let's do it. I'm a mole about being a morning person, and I hope you are about to come one too. So let's do it. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, actually, getting up early was part of the reason that I got connected with Asian efficiency. I've told the story in some of the different presentations and webinars that we've done, but I got this idea to write a book. And because I have four kids at home and my house is pretty loud and pretty crazy most of the time, the only time that I could find to focus on my writing was early in the morning. So I started getting up at 5 a.m. in the morning just so that I could get an hour's worth of writing in before I started getting ready for my day and going into the office. And it wasn't two weeks of blogging, uh, of me getting up at 5 a.m. and and writing consistently every day that uh, I saw Asian Efficiency post on Twitter that they were hiring. And uh, I had reached out and you said, well, if you have anything, send it our way. And I had two weeks worth of blog posts from getting up early that I sent over. And then the rest, as they say, is, is history. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's, uh, that's a really good example of waking up early and doing the work and getting the payoff. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So getting up early had literally led to my current position as product director for Asian Efficiency. Uh, but there's a couple other reasons why you might want to become a morning person. The first one, which I'll I'll share here, is that according to numerous research reports, the top CEOs all seem to wake up really early. Uh, There's a link here, which we'll share in the show notes from The Guardian, and I believe it shows that the majority of the top CEOs that they interviewed wake up sometime between 4 a.m. and 6 a.m. And you might think that by the time that you become a top CEO, you can kind of make your own schedule. You don't have to follow that schedule any consistently your entire life, but a lot of them do. And I would say probably it's because they experienced the same thing that I did at the beginning of the day. There's a lot of, a lot of stuff that you can get done. It seems like whatever effort you put forth is actually multiplied the earlier that you get up. Yeah. I read a really interesting article the other day that said that of all the top executives, their calendars were booked to at least 200 days out of the year. So if you, if you, Really think about that. 200 days out of 365 
were pre-scheduled on their calendar. And like Mike said, as you work your way up, there's this myth that you have more free time. You actually end up having more meetings and, and other people that you need to talk to and, and, and the schedule you have to follow. And, uh, and waking up early is one of those things that allows you to have your own free time, do things on your own terms. Because as you get busier and your schedule gets more packed, it's just going to be so much more difficult to find your own free blocks of time. So this is just one of the strategies to help you with that. Yeah, I'm actually reading a book right now that I really like. It's the uh, the 10x rule, I believe is the name of it, by uh, Grant Cardone. And he talks about how if you want massive results, you have to put forth massive action. And this is the really the first place that you should look in terms of finding the time to take massive action on those things. And this isn't necessarily a podcast uh, this particular episode anyways, about goal setting and things like that. But definitely the early morning hours, even though it can be uncomfortable and even though you may, your, your, your body may say, no, don't do it. <laughs> that is definitely the time to make some of that stuff happen. Uh, the second point here, why you might want to become a morning person. This is really getting into the, the why behind this now. Uh, mornings have fewer distractions, especially like I mentioned, my particular situation, that's the only quiet time I can find in my day. By the time the kids go to bed at night, I'm completely exhausted. So I'm not good for <laughs> for anything creative uh, after 8 p.m. But in the in the early morning before my kids wake up, I can find quiet time and I can really, depending on uh, depending on how early I want to get up, I can create as much quiet time as I as I want. I mean, I know that my kids are going to get up by 7 a.m., but if I decide that tomorrow I've got a big day, I've got some things that I absolutely need to get done, I might get up a little bit earlier because I need a little bit more space, a little bit more free time uh, in order to devote to those particular projects. But this is this applies to everybody, even if you don't have kids. Yeah, like I do. I don't have any kids, but I still <laughs> wake up early. And there's nobody calling or texting me at 5 a.m. There's nobody needing my attention at that time. So when you wake up early, you literally have a couple hours, if not at least an hour, just for yourself. And those are one of those rare moments that you should really seize. And if you do it right, and we'll share you know eight strategies a little bit later on how to do it, then you can exponentially become more productive. Yeah, you really are in control of your own ship the earlier you get up in the morning, but doesn't matter what sort of organization you work for or who you have in your life, the longer you wait to get rolling with your day, the more likely you are to be interrupted and distracted. Now, the third point you wanted to mention was that you have the most willpower available when you wake up early. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, uh, basically... We all have a finite amount of willpower, whether we realize it or not. And every decision that we make throughout the day reduces the amount of willpower that we have available to us. One of my favorite research studies that I mention in the different presentations that, that I do is the Ray Baumeister study where they had the, the groups of people, uh, two groups of people, but they would bring them individually into a room. And in the room was a plate of cookies and a plate of radishes. And one group of people, individually, they told the people, you can go ahead and eat the cookies. The other group of people, they said, you can't eat the cookies, but you can't eat the radishes. So they had to resist. They had to use willpower to resist the cookies. And then they took the people from that room to a, a separate room where they asked them to solve an unsolvable puzzle. 
And the people who were allowed to eat the cookies gave up after about 20 minutes on average. But the people who were told they could not eat the cookies, their willpower was severely diminished. They gave up on average after only eight minutes. And this is why some really super successful people like Steve Jobs, Mark Zuckerberg, uh, they will wear the same thing every single day because they don't have to make decisions about what they're going to wear in the morning. Steve Jobs famously would wear his blue jeans and his black turtleneck. And if you think about it, it makes a lot of sense because he recognized that when he had to decide what he was going to wear for the day, even though that seems like a very simple, very small, stupid decision that you have to make, how could that possibly reduce the amount of willpower that you have? It does affect you and it diminishes the quality of the other decisions that you have to make as you go about your day. Yeah. And if you have thousands or if not hundreds of other tiny decisions you have to make like that, it starts to add up. So I think it's a really smart play. And the other reason I think it's so important for your willpower is that if you can combine, this is what I call the hot zone. If you can combine having the most willpower with having the most energy at the same time, plus you focus on your most important task, or as we like to call it, eating your frog, then it's a recipe for success. So if you have the most willpower available to you, you're really energetic and you're focusing on what's really important to you right now, then you're going to be productive. So waking up at five when you're still energized, you have a lot of willpower and you're focusing on one thing. Maybe it's a big project that you're working on. Maybe it's a goal that you're working towards. If you have all these resources in place, then you're more likely to succeed at it than when you're not, right? When you do it, let's say, late at night, when you're tired, you're fatigued, maybe you don't necessarily feel really focused around that time. Maybe there's a lot of distractions going on. Maybe you have like other people around you at that time. It's just really hard to then succeed in that environment. And so that's why waking up early with the hot zone of like having the most energy, willpower, and focus to uh, do your most important task or eating your frog is really, really good and a smart play. So I highly recommend you do that. And you don't have to take it to the extreme. Like I mentioned, Steve Jobs wearing the the blue jeans and black turtleneck every day. And some people maybe are listening to this and they're like, that sounds awful. I would not want to do that no matter how much it costs me. Uh, But something simple that you could do even today is to just pick out your clothes that you're going to wear for tomorrow. Uh, That's something that that I've implemented is just picking out the things that I'm going to wear tomorrow, having them in the bathroom ready to go so that when I get up in the morning, everything is right there for me and I can just take my shower, I can go through my morning routine and I can sit down to work without expending any additional willpower. Uh, The fourth one here is time arbitrage. And the note that you put in here is that not every hour is of equal value, even though we all have the same 24 hours in a day. You want to expound on that a little bit? Yeah, it's the whole idea that not every hour has equal value. So even though we all have the same 24 hours, it doesn't mean that every single hour is worth the same. And it sounds counterintuitive, but let me explain. If you've ever stayed up late and been really unproductive, you know this feeling of looking at the clock, it's midnight, and you're just mindlessly browsing on your computer, looking at stuff, not actually doing anything. Like how productive was that one hour? Compare that to waking up at five, focusing on your most important task and getting some work done. It's the same number of hours, right? Or the same number of minutes, 
but the value you created in those hours is very different. And as Skip Bayless likes to say on <laughs> on TV, he's one of the uh, famous sports commentators that I like to follow. Uh, he always says to athletes and, and on the show as well, nothing good happens after midnight. And I, <laughs> I feel the same way about productivity. Nothing good happens after midnight. Now, there is always exceptions. Of course, I do realize that, you know, some people have different chronotypes and all that stuff. But for the most part, nothing good happens after midnight. And I, I find that really true. Versus waking up early, there's only so many good things that will happen when you do wake up early. And so what I mean with time arbitrage is when you think about different times of the day, different hours have different value to me. So waking up early between 5 and 8 a.m., I consider like prime time. That's when I get the most work done. That's when I have the most energy and focus versus, let's say, between 3 and 5. I'm usually a little bit sluggish. I'd rather take a nap. I would rather do all these other things that doesn't really engage me as much because I'm not that creative. I'm not that super energized. So those hours are not as powerful to me. And anything after, I want to say, 10 o'clock at night is just not really productive time for me. Right. I might be out for social time, which is great, you know, and fun as well. But if I'm staying up late at home on a Monday after 10 o'clock, usually nothing good happens. So think about different times of the day and how every hour is maybe of different value to you. And how can you maximize the hours that are most valuable to you? And that's really what time arbitrage is all about. Just realizing that not every single hour we have is of equal value. Right. Yeah. And and I know we had Chris Bailey on the show not too long ago, and he talked about the biological prime time. And so there are going to be some people I'm sure who are listening to this and they're saying, well, wait a second, you're telling me that I just need to blanket rule, get up early. That applies to everybody, even though maybe I consider myself a night owl and I do my best work uh, late at night. I would say to those people that you, sir or ma'am, are probably an exception to the rule (laughs) and that there's a lot of other things that we've talked about here that contribute to you being able to do productive work. Uh, A big one being distractions and things. There's only so much of that that you can overcome based on your chronotype and your body's natural rhythm. Uh, Because I have a family, it does not matter if I consider myself a a night owl. In fact, I used to consider myself a night owl. Uh, I would frequently stay up past midnight, especially when I was in college, uh, to finish assignments and things like that. But I have uh, developed the ability to get up early. And so my comeback to that would be that if I can do it, anybody can do it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we talked about why become a morning person. Number one, according to research, top CEOs all wake up really early. If they're doing it, then it can't be bad. (laughs) Number two, mornings have fewer distractions. Number three, mornings are when you have the most willpower available. Number four, time arbitrage, not every hour is of equal value. Uh, Now let's talk about some tips for waking up earlier. And the first tip here is that you need to make sure that you do not sacrifice the time that you spend sleeping. I think this is probably where a lot of people fail when they try to become a morning person is they just tell themselves, oh, I'm going to get up earlier. That doesn't necessarily work. Uh, Especially for me, I shared on the last episode, I believe, uh, the one where Brooks and I were talking about the uh, the productive Mac apps, I use an app called uh, Flux to reduce the blue light that my screen emits because I need to make sure that I get enough sleep. I was diagnosed with epilepsy when I was a senior in high school. I am on medication that 
makes me drowsy, but also a lack of sleep is one of the things that can trigger a seizure. So sleep is very, very important to me. But even if you do not have a medical condition like I do, sleep really does impact how productive you can be. Yeah. So the key is to figure out how much sleep you need and then calculate backwards what time you need to go to bed. So if you want to wake up at five, it doesn't mean that you just go to bed at any time you want and then wake up at five because then you're actually hurting yourself because you, there's a certain number of hours of sleep that you simply need to function. So calculate how many hours you need. And the way to do that is to, on a regular basis, just set an alarm clock for a certain number of hours and then, cal- and then kind of track how you feel that day. And if you do this over a period of time, you will slowly figure out how many hours of sleep you need. Now, for most people that I've worked with, it's anywhere between six and a half and nine hours. Um, If I had to narrow it down even further, it's anywhere between six and a half and seven and a half for most people. So that gives you kind of a ballpark number to to play off. So if you want to wake up at five and you go to bed at, let's say, two o'clock, well, chances are you're not going to wake up at five, right? That's pretty common sense. So if you know that you need to have at least seven hours of sleep and you want to wake up at five, you calculate backwards. So that means that you need to be asleep by 9.30 or so. So if you need to be asleep by 9.30, that probably means you need to be in bed by, let's, let's say, 9.15. That gives you about 15 minutes or so to um, you know, fall asleep. Um, and if you need to be in bed by 9.15, it might mean that your evening ritual starts at, let's say, 8.15. So it kind of cascades backwards in terms of what triggers what. And so if you know you need to be awake at 5 a.m., then you know from calculating backwards that you probably need to start your evening ritual around 8.15. So it's all about just calculating backwards. How many, how many hours of sleep do you need? When do you start your morning or evening ritual? And then go from there. Yeah, and I've read quite a few books on the topic of sleep because, uh, I, like I said, this is a pretty important topic for me. I have to make sure that I get enough sleep. Some of the things that the common threads I've found between the different things that I've studied are that the sleep cycle from when you just fall asleep to going down into deep sleep to coming back up out of deep sleep, uh, that whole cycle takes generally about an hour and a half. And most people, they say, require at least five sleep cycles like that in order to function regularly. So there's a good there's a significant portion of the population that thinks they need less sleep than they do, but that's just because they've gotten so used to functioning on not enough sleep. So uh, you really need to kind of figure this out for yourself, but uh, there's a good chance that you do need to start going to bed a little bit earlier than maybe you are, especially if you want to start getting up earlier. Uh, The next thing here, and this is the way that I actually ended up waking up at 5 a.m., is don't just all of a sudden set your alarm for 5 a.m. Your body can't make that shift overnight and and have it stick. But one of the things that I did is instead of waking up at 7, I just consistently set my alarm five minutes earlier every single day. And after a couple weeks, I was getting up at 5 a.m. and my body wasn't screaming at me because I had done it. So if you want to start getting up earlier, this is more tactical, uh, but don't try to do it all at once take small incremental steps and just set your alarm ahead a little bit every single night until you have arrived at your target time for when you want to actually get up. All right. The third one is exercise regularly. Uh, Exercise has a lot of different benefits, but a lot of them have to do with how you function early in the morning. 
Uh, like for example, exercise will help you think better. It gets your blood flowing and your brain actually functions better. It helps make you less fatigued and actually exercise causes you to need less sleep. Uh, exercise also is proven to increase your cognitive function. So these are all things that help you get up and up and rolling. So if you really wanted to, like, like I was, for example, doing creative work, I was writing at, at 5 a.m. in the morning. Uh, these are things that you that can help prime the pump, so to speak. So in addition to just exercising regularly, I would throw in, if you can exercise as part of your morning routine, that can really help you be more effective when you sit down to actually do the work. Yeah, I find from personal experience this to be very true. On the days that I exercise, I tend to sleep better at that night as well. Um, so I, I'm with you on that. All right. The fourth one is to eat that frog. This is something that Asian efficiency is kind of famous for, but the, the concept of eating a frog comes from the Mark Twain quote where he says that if you eat a live frog first thing every day, nothing worse will happen to you that day. <laughs> and uh, the idea here is that if you tackle your most important task at the beginning of the day, it's generally something that maybe is a little bit bigger. And even though you have the most willpower at the beginning of the day, maybe is something that you would tend to procrastinate on just because you don't feel like doing that. But uh, if you tackle this thing at the beginning of the day, you have the sense of accomplishment that even if the rest of the day is shot, you've at least done this one major thing that you've been putting off. And uh, a lot of times when you eat your frog at the beginning of the day, that creates some momentum that will actually carry through the rest of the day. Uh, Tan, do you want to maybe talk a little bit more about your personal experience with Eat That Frog? Maybe how you discovered this quote in the first place? Yeah, I read the book called Eat Your Frog or Eat That Frog <laughs> by <laughs> Brian Tracy many, many years ago. And I thought, you know what? This makes a lot of sense. If you do the th first thing uh, in the morning, something that you absolutely hate doing or procrastinate on, or even if you're a little bit more intermediate advanced, something that brings most excitement to you and brings you closer to your goals. If you do that first thing in the morning, then everything else is going to be relatively easy. So I did that for many, many days in a row and I saw some tremendous results from it. And I thought, okay, I'm a hundred percent believer of this approach to getting work done. And ever since then, I've always talked about it on the podcast, you know, always talked about it in the email newsletters and on the blog because it really works. So how this is going to help you wake up early is just when you wake up early, you know exactly what you need to do. And that's sometimes good enough to get you out of bed and also start focusing right away. Because the worst thing that can, well, I wouldn't call it the worst thing, but something that you want to avoid doing is when you wake up early, then just lounge around and get back into old routine of, you know, when you do your normal thing and then get started. That's the last thing you want to do. You want to make sure that when you do wake up early, you use that time of the day and seize that moment to do something productive and eating your frog is the way to do that. Yeah. So let's, let me back up a little bit here because I think there's a very important thing that you need to do in order to eat your frog. And that is to identify what your frog is the night before going back to the idea of not making these decisions that are going to diminish your willpower. If you wake up at 5am and then go look at your task manager and try to figure out, okay, what's the most important thing I have to do today? That can be enough friction in my experience anyways, for me to check out and, and go look at Twitter or check email instead. 
So I've actually, in order to make this work, started going through my task manager at the end of the night as part of my evening ritual. And I will identify the things that I want to work on uh, the next day so that I can just wake up, go through my morning ritual, and then hit the ground running. Yeah, the basics of productivity are not that hard, guys. <laughs> it's just prepare a to-do list for the next day. It's, it's so simple, but it makes a huge difference. And if you try it tonight, you'll know exactly what I mean. Definitely. Uh, the next one, the, f- the fifth one here, is to create a morning routine. And this is, I mean, there's a lot of different components to this. Uh, one of them that I discovered from you actually, Tan, was drinking 16 ounces of water first thing in the morning. So this is something that I've incorporated into my personal morning routine the night before. Again, I don't want to do this when I first get up. I have a, a separate water bottle at home that I will put uh, water and then also a little bit of lemon juice in, and I'll put it on my nightstand so that it's ready for me first thing when I wake up in the morning. And then I'll drink that 16 ounces of water first thing, because when you wake up, you're dehydrated, whether you realize it or not. And your brain tissue is 75% water. So if you're dehydrated, your brain is dehydrated and you need some water, you need it to be hydrated in order for it to function right. Water will also help your body flush out toxins and drinking a large cool glass of water after you wake up has been shown to fire up your metabolism by up to 24% for 90 minutes. So there's a lot of health benefits to uh, drinking 16 ounces of water, but there's a lot of other pieces that go into creating a morning routine as well. Yeah, and if you want to take it up a notch even more, drink ice water in the morning. That will really wake you up if, <laughs> if regular water doesn't wake you up. And uh, like Mike said, there's a lot of components to an effective morning ritual. Uh, we have identified six steps that everybody needs to have in a morning ritual. And this is something we cover in our morning ritual starter kits. And if you're interested in that, if you just go to theproductivityshow.com slash morning, so theproductivityshow.com slash morning, if you go to that, you'll find more information about our morning ritual starter kit, which basically teaches you how to set up a morning ritual and get everything up and running within 60 minutes. Yeah, it'll basically walk you through all the individual steps. You don't need to make any decisions in order to implement this morning ritual starter kit. Uh, The sixth thing is to embrace that it's still dark outside when you wake up. This is something that sounds maybe kind of dumb, but when you start doing this, it feels really weird at first. I know for me, when I started getting up early and it was pitch black outside, I started asking myself, why in the world am I up right now? <laughs> but you know what? After <laughs> after doing it for a little while, it actually felt really cool. I loved being up that early. And actually, sometimes uh, I would even go to a coffee shop in the morning instead of just writing at home. And I would get in my car, I would get on the road, and there was nobody else on the road. And it felt so awesome <laughs> to be up when nobody else was. Yeah, the reason I put this in here is because everybody that I've talked to about waking up early one of the most common things they've brought up was I just don't like it when it's still dark outside. And I, you know, like it never crossed my mind because I've been waking up for so long that maybe, you know, I had the same feeling when I first started, but I don't remember. But this is something I've heard over and over and over again for people. And, uh, And the way to do it and get around it is just to embrace it. And the way I look at it is when I wake up early and it's still pitch black dark outside, I'm actually like a leg up 
on other people. I'm I'm a very competitive person, as Mike knows, when we play Carcassonne together. I like to win a lot of games, obviously. Cutthroat. <laughs> I'm very cutthroat when it comes to that game and aggressive because I'm super competitive and I always like to win. I, I just hate losing. And when I wake up early, I feel like I have an advantage over the competition. While they're still sleeping, I'm working. They're still snoozing and daydreaming, I'm working. I'm getting stuff done. So to me, it's just, I embrace that feeling when I wake up early and it's still dark outside and when I look at my balcony, it's like there's no cars on the road. There's nothing there. People, are, you know, there's no lights anywhere. It just feels really good. It feels like, oh, yeah, everybody's sleeping, but I'm working. I'm, I'm, I'm way ahead of you guys. Like, this is, this is my jam. Let's, let's get started. <laughs> so if you're a really competitive person, I'm sure you're going to love it. If you are kind of the person that is a little bit weirded out by waking up early, you're going to... You're just going to have to embrace it. And after a while, you'll start to see that it's actually really awesome because it's so peaceful. It's so calm. There's nobody nagging at you. There's no distractions. There's nothing there. All you have to do is just put in the work and that's it. If you're a really competitive person, you should play Carcassonne with Tan. In fact, we actually instituted a new rule because if you're familiar with Carcassonne, they have these meeples. I had four of my meeples locked up before we had played 20 tiles, I think, one game. (laughs) I'm very aggressive. I uh, that's one of the things I always look for, and this is this is more of a not a rant, but a side tangent. I always look for bottles of constraints or bottle decks. So when I look at like a project or when I look at a plan or when I'm playing a game, I'm always looking at okay, what is the one critical move or constraint that would like stop everything? Now. Part of that is really useful when you're planning a project or when you're trying to be productive and you're trying to hit a goal and you look for potential roadblocks and it's great, you know, when you think like that and you have a mind for that. But for games, it's like, I mean, you don't really, you really don't want to play against me essentially because you're just, <laughs> I'm going to look for every single contingency, dependency that might like halt you, screw you over or just put you to a, a halt and make you, make you really, really frustrated. So. It's, it's true. I can vouch for this. Uh, one other thing I wanted to add on the topic of uh, bracing that it's dark outside when you wake up, uh, something recently that I got into, thanks to you, Tan, were these Philips Hue lights. And with the Philips Hue lights, you can set your own routines. So if you really hate the fact that it's dark out when you wake up, you can actually build in a routine through your Philips Hue lights where they will turn on and you can have these different scenes, different colors, however you want to do it, uh, where they can even simulate a sunrise if you wanted it to uh, at a specific time. So this is that might be something that can help you overcome the fact that you're weirded out by it being completely dark when you wake up. Yeah, your your wallet must love my recommendations. <laughs> You've cost me so much money. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the seventh one is to make a schedule. And really the idea here is to plan your day the night before. So we talked about some of these things already, like going to bed at a decent time. Another big thing for me, and I mentioned this already with Flux, uh, but people don't realize what effect that blue light from those digital screens has on the uh, the quality of your sleep. And if you're interested in Flux, it's an application. It's free, actually. It's a utility for your Mac. And I think maybe there's a Windows version as well uh, where it will change the color of your screen. And some people don't like it. Some people think it looks really weird. But I can tell you that this actually does work, at least for me. 
It makes your screen more of an orangish tint to simulate more like a candlelight as opposed to blue light, which causes your body to stop producing melatonin, which is the chemical that helps you fall asleep. So uh, implementing something like this, if you have to use your screens after dark, that can help improve the quality of your sleep. But for me specifically, uh, I make sure that flux goes on as soon as the sun goes down, whenever I have to use a device. And then I try not to use a device after my kids go to bed at 8 p.m. Uh, there's also a tool now built into iOS devices called Night Shift, where it kind of does this automatically. In my opinion, it's not as stark. It's not as um, not as strong of an effect as flux but that probably also means that it's not quite as effective. And if you're interested in the research behind this, Flux has tons of it on at their website, which is justgetflux.com. Yeah, I have a personal rule that says no screens after nine. And that's exactly for that same reason. If I just don't look at a screen after nine o'clock, I'll be able to fall asleep fairly quickly, which allows me to get up early. And also it just reminds me to stop working as well. Because uh, if I work past nine o'clock, I can just keep going, going, going. And like I said, it's not the most ideal time to work for me because I, I work best in the morning and after nine, I'm just like tired and I don't want to look at reports or crunch numbers or anything like that. So if, if I just put a boundary in place that says no screens after nine, not only will it help me fall asleep easy, but also it just reminds me to get to bed ASAP. And uh if you can sort of schedule it up for your own time, depending on what time you want to wake up and what your schedule is like, uh, it's worthwhile just putting literally five minutes of thought into this because it's going to make all the difference for waking up earlier. Absolutely. And if you're like me and a lot of other people uh, who maybe haven't had this revelation yet, then you probably just zone out at the end of your day. You watch a movie, you're on your computer, you're surfing the web, whatever. You're not even really accomplishing anything, but you're sitting in front of a screen anyways. But almost everybody, if you were to ask them, especially I would imagine listeners to this podcast would say, I, I would like to read more. I know that I should read more, but I don't have time to read more. Well, just set a hard, fast screen off time, and then you'll find yourself with an hour or two hours at the end of your day where you can spend even a little bit of that reading. And I've found that actually reading puts me in a place where it's very, very easy to fall asleep. Plus, I get through a lot more books now. <laughs> nice. All right. And then the last one, know why you want to get up earlier. Motivation. And this is really the key. This was important for me. Uh, when I started my journey of getting up early, I knew specifically what I wanted the outcome to be. I wanted to have a book that I would have written and been published, and I had no idea how to write a book, but that didn't matter. <laughs> I just started uh, just started writing. I knew that the process, if I, if I was consistent with the process, then the results would take care of themselves, and they did. Uh, but really, whatever your goal is, whatever major thing you're trying to achieve, whatever massive result you're trying to achieve uh, and that you're trying to create this space for, uh, the massive action is going to be required to do that. And if you understand your why, it's much, much easier to apply that massive action. One of the big takeaways from the Grant Cardone book that I mentioned earlier is that success, if you put in the effort, is pretty much guaranteed. There's not a limited amount of success. It's not like, oh, Mike was successful, Tan was successful, so that means that all the success is used up in my area and I don't have access to it. No, it's it's there for the taking, 
but you need to know your why in order to follow through with that stuff. Otherwise, it's just not going to stick. Yes, this is really, really important, guys, because I'm sure you've heard it multiple times before that waking up early is a good thing. And maybe you've tried it many times and you've maybe failed at it many times as well. So what is the missing ingredient or what's the key to making it all work? And it's to really question yourself and ask yourself, why is waking up early important to you? Because if everybody says that waking up early is important and helps you be more productive, then if you just blindly follow that advice, it might work, but it might not stick. And that's the key to all of this is making it stick and asking yourself this question and figuring out really why this is important to you. You'll start to uncover why it is that why it is that this is going to make this work for you. So if you ask yourself, okay, why am I going to wake up at five? And you can't find an answer to it. It doesn't matter which strategy you implement. It doesn't matter which tactic you're going to use because it's not going to work for a really long time. It might work for one or two days, but it's not going to stick. And so if you've tried it multiple times, but have never stuck with it, you're probably missing a why. And this is really important, guys. I cannot stress this enough. So if you cannot answer the question of why am I going to wake up early? Why is this important to me? If you cannot answer it, it's just going to be so difficult to get up early. And this is this goes for everything that you're trying to do and for any major change you're trying to implement in your life. So again, ask yourself these questions. Take just five minutes or 10 minutes right after this podcast episode. Just grab a pen, piece of paper, and ask yourself, okay, why am I going to wake up at five or six or whatever time you want to wake up? Why is this important to me? And just really think about it. And if it doesn't motivate you, to get up early, then you probably shouldn't be doing it. But if it does motivate you, then that's a really good resource that you can use anytime you feel like, oh, no, I don't know if I can wake up early. Just look at that why. Because when you look at it, it should motivate you to get started. Yeah, and if, you haven't, if you're having trouble latching on to that particular why, it could be that you just haven't worked back far enough. So for example, I mentioned the idea of writing the book. Really, the end result was not just writing the book, but it was a complete change in my work life where I'm now in charge of my own schedule. That was a big thing for me. So even after the book was done, even after the process had been started with Asian efficiency, I continued to get up early in order to do the work and take massive action because I had a vision of a future where I could take a day off and go to the children's museum with my family because we homeschool uh, if if uh, we decided that that was something that we wanted to do where I wasn't a slave to a schedule. I was able to make my own schedule. That was a very important piece of my why. It was consistently getting up early wasn't just following through and doing the work. It was moving me closer and closer towards that ideal future. So maybe start with the end in mind, you know, as Stephen Covey would would say, uh, where do you want to be in five years, 10 years, 15 years, and then what are the things that you have to do in order to get there? For some people, that's maybe thinking too much, but for some people, that's going to be the difference between really connecting to the why, uh, the little things that you have to do on a daily basis in order to achieve that future. And then the key is consistency. You want to make sure that you're doing these, these things regularly because that's going to compound. It's these little things that you do over and over and over again that really do produce the future that you want. So those are the eight tips that we've got for waking up earlier. 
Uh, number one, make sure you don't sacrifice sleep time. Number two, set your alarm clock five minutes earlier every night till you land on your ideal time. Number three, exercise regularly. Number four, eat that frog. Number five, create a morning routine. Number six, embrace that it will still be dark outside when you wake up. Number seven, make a schedule. And number eight, know your why. Now, there's a couple things that we should probably mention here, things that you absolutely must avoid when you wake up early. If you do these things, even after you've established the habit of waking up early, you are going to sabotage all the momentum that you have gained. So, Tan, you want to start with the first one? Please do not check email. I, I repeat, please do not check email. This is the worst thing you can do. So please don't do it. Yeah. And there's a startling statistic. I forget exactly what it was, but it was close to 90% of people checked their email before they even got out of bed. So not even in the morning, but just reaching over for your smartphone and checking it absolutely first thing in the morning, because checking your email opens the floodgates to everything else that everybody else says is important. And you get stuck then responding to the things that are urgent instead of being able to follow through with the things that you've identified are important. So somebody once said that checking email is a to-do list that anybody can write on. So you definitely don't want to do that first thing in the morning. Uh, second thing is you don't want to eat a large breakfast. In fact, there's a, a lot of research that I've been studying recently that shows that you don't even necessarily need breakfast. I've been skipping breakfast, uh, and I forget the specific term for this, but uh, essentially you're fasting at the beginning of, of the day. And then, uh, well, except for the, the water, obviously, but uh, I'll, I'll then take a, a little bit of a break later on in the morning. I'll have an early lunch, uh, but eating a large breakfast will kind of put you in a food coma where all of the energy that you may have had uh, is going to be thrown out the window. Yeah. I think what you're referring to is called intermittent fasting. Yep. That's, that's it. The whole idea. Idea of like just eat in a small window of time, usually an eight hour window. And uh, you can look more into this yourself if you're really interested into it. But uh, basically, like if you eat a really big breakfast, you're going to expend just more energy on just processing that food rather than just thinking about stuff that actually is going to push you forward. And again, when you think about the time arbitrage and the different hot zones of today, do you really want to have your body spend most of its energy processing food or do you want it to spend on thinking and being creative? Up to you. Well, the, you know, the choice is pretty obvious. Just don't eat a large breakfast. And if you do eat breakfast, you know, keep it relatively small. Yeah. And this is kind of contrary to popular belief and opinion where breakfast is the most important meal of the day. You've got to have a big breakfast so that you have all the nutrients you need for the entire day. Uh, that's, that was my belief also. But then when I started doing this, cause I never really was that hungry in the morning, I was kind of forcing myself to eat breakfast. So when I heard the idea of intermittent fasting, that really appealed to me. I'm like, Hey, I'll try it. See what happens. And I was so much more focused, <laughs> uh, consistently uh, up until about 11, 1130. Then I start to get pretty hungry. So at that point, you know, I'll typically have, uh, have lunch, but yeah, this, this really does work. Third thing that you absolutely must avoid kind of in line with checking email, but also checking social media. Social media is actually, I would argue even worse because there's no end to the amount of social media feeds that a lot of us have. Uh, whereas you can eventually get to the bottom of your inbox, social media, the, the newsfeed just keeps on growing and it has that built in 
it builds builds that that natural want to just continue to scroll and see just one more thing, one more thing, one more thing. Except it's never satisfied. You can never get to the end of it. Yeah, it's a never ending loop of just snacking on things that don't matter. So avoid it as much as you can. Yeah, you can either consume what other people are saying, or you could get up and you could actually start producing the things that are going to lead you to the future that you want. So definitely avoid social media. So we've covered why you might want to become a morning person, uh, eight tips to help you get up earlier and the things to avoid in the morning. But if you want to find out the things that are essential to do in the morning, like Tan mentioned earlier, definitely check out the morning ritual starter kit. It's a step-by-step guide, which shows you the six essential components of a good morning ritual. And it walks you through exactly what to do as soon as you wake up to set yourself up for a successful day. So if you want to check out the Morning Ritual Starter Kit, go to theproductivityshow.com slash morning for more details. And as we mentioned at the beginning, this is actually a topic that came from the dojo. So if you want to join in the conversation, we'd love to have you do that. The dojo is the place to do that. The dojo is actually closed to the public right now. But if you're listening to this episode, you think, yeah, I'd love to surround myself with other really productive people who can inspire me, hold me accountable to my goals. There's a special link, which is only available for podcast listeners. So if you go to theproductivityshow.com slash dojo, you can actually try out the dojo for an entire month for only $1. So you get access to the online community, plus the comprehensive video library of productivity courses that are available only to dojo members, which cover things like being productive while on the road. This is a a three-part video course which talks about the mindset and tools that you need in order to stay productive while traveling. You can also find show notes for this episode and links to all the things that we mentioned by going to theproductivityshow.com slash 130. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you all next Productive Monday.